right, that's right. Welcome back to Comics Exchange. Hey, we're yes. here, guys. What's yeah, up? look at us. Oh, Where are we at? It's been so long, I forgot what we do here. It has been so long. You're introducing us? Uh, yeah, just talking okay. to the mic. Okay. This, to my left, is the recently thawed Ryan Shipley. Yay. I'm like Captain America. better, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's Not that's as true. strong. I don't know if I could throw that shield as far. I am yours truly, Mike D. And of course, to my right, we have the owner of Knoxville's longest running comic shop, one Mr. Bill Langford. Uh, it's been and too long, guys. It has. It really has. Been far too long. But. But it's not just the three of us here on our long-awaited return episode. We have uh, one of Bill's uh, cronies, one of his employees, one of his right-hand men, Mr. Sid Finch. What's going on, yes. guys? Uh, there he is. He was supposed to be here, what, like a month ago, so, two yeah. months ago? So, uh, just to let everybody know, so we were originally going to, the first episode we were going to do was going to be um, the first Tuesday in January, the first Tuesday of 2024, right. and one of us got sick. I can't say who, because I think HIPAA, the PP stands for <coughs> Podcast <laughs> Privacy, <laughs> so I can't, so I can't, um, so I can't, I can't say that. It was me, and it sucked. Yeah. Mm, Mike yeah. The yeah, so Mike was I like, hey. taken out. I can't, I can't make it. For like a week, wasn't it? Yeah, it was bad. That COVID yeah. test said negative, but I think that test was a liar. I don't <laughs> know what it was, but it was rough. Well, there's also like an RSV virus going around. Like a, Is yeah. that the one where the RSVPs you insist? Or wrestlers to the ground with the RSVD. And then two weeks later, you might have heard of this. Knoxville had a bad snowstorm. Shut down. Shut down the city. There was snow? Yes, a little bit. But yeah, so definitely glad we're back. The winter storm, that was pretty pretty tricky, right? Like for all the comic stores, I think, in Knoxville. So this is the thing about snow. As a kid, it's fantastic. <laughs> uh, even as a college student, it's kind of cool. Um, as a small business owner, it's awful. Unless your small business is like towing people, <laughs> uh, a body shop, you know, that does car repair. Yep. Your small business, you sell milk and You make and bread. snow cones. <laughs> yes. Other than that, it's it's no one's getting out in the snow for comic books. Uh, generally not, except for the the real the real fans. Because you guys basically closed that Sunday night and didn't real. I mean, you reopened on Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah, Wednesday, I think. But nobody could actually get to the store because a day later, more snow fell. And and what didn't melt had frozen to ice overnight. Yep. So that was the treacherous part. Was to see the snow is is drivable, right? But the ice, there's nothing you can do. That Monday after the snow first fell, mm -hmm. you went into the store, and Kendra and I were both watching the same news report, and yeah. we both saw that wreck across from the Arby's down the road. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we both checked with each other. Is Bill okay? <laughs> I kind of like driving in the snow. It's kind of adventurous. Was it? Yeah, it's it's uh, it, it feels a little Mad Max out there. Yeah. Uh, you know, everything's down to like one lane and. People were sliding all over the place. Was the bridge the trickiest part? So bridges, overpasses, anything that has an air current underneath it. But yeah, so the underpasses, the bridges, yeah. uh, they were the worst part. Yeah, but uh, but for the most part, luckily, I, from where I live, it's it's mostly main roads to get here. I don't have a lot of side roads. So in Knoxville, the main part, the, the bad part really is the neighborhoods that are hilly. Yeah. And that have a lot of tree coverage. They yeah. didn't they didn't get a lot of sun uh, sunlight, so they didn't melt a lot. So most of them stayed ice, and, and Knoxville didn't get the um, the trucks out there to clear clear the roads off on those side roads. 
Yeah. And now just to reiterate, like for people that might not uh, be from directly around here, we're not talking just like some snow. Right. This was nine inches, 10 inches in some cases. It was obnoxious. Yeah. For people that don't live around here, Knoxville is in a valley. And usually most of the bad weather, snow, the mountains take the brunt of it. Mm-hmm. And it's been, what would you say, like six years, Sid, since we had the last like really major snowstorm here? It's been a Yeah, minute. yeah, I would think, yeah, that sounds about right. I remember there were two weeks directly after Valentine's Day, I want to say it was back in 2016, that you really couldn't, if you lived in the hilly areas on some roads, you were stuck yeah. for literally 10 or 12 days. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I I dated a girl at the time, and she lived in the back end of her subdivision, and, you know, we just didn't see each other, yeah. you know? And, you know, it's the same way with other people that I knew, my grandparents and different mm-hmm. people that live back in subdivisions. You just, that, but yeah, that's the last time I remember us getting it as bad as we got it this week. Yeah, it's something like usually in Knoxville, if you can make it to like a main road, mm-hmm. you'll be okay. Yeah. Like, but any back roads and sometimes parking lots yeah. are nightmares when, when it snows here. We just don't have enough, I guess, salt. I guess, like, nobody has, like, the chains on their tires, like a lot of the people in the Fargo-style area would have. Um, now, did you make a uh, giant snowman? No. I, you didn't I would, get out and... I would look outside at the snow and go, that's pretty, and then walk. I work from home, so I was okay the whole time. So you were able to open on Wednesday. So Wednesday, yeah. Now, I came in Monday and Tuesday because... Uh, you did come in on Tuesday? Yeah, because I'm a nut job. You liar. Yeah, yeah. I was here Tuesday. <laughs> but now, not for long. In, uh, okay, you told me you weren't going to try it. But now, believe it or not, well, so first I was going to take the bus, right? Because I told Kendra, I said, listen, I can walk to the Walgreens because when it snows, the bus runs like this limited route. It only runs main roads. So I've got to make it down to the Walgreens or the Kroger. And I live probably half a mile. So I easily I can walk that. So I said, listen, I'll walk down the Walgreens. I'll catch the bus. I'll work uh, until like, you know, 8, 9, and I'll take the bus back home. And uh, so I went out to walk the dog. When I came back in, she told me, she said, uh, I got online, and then all the Knoxville bus routes have been canceled for the oh, day. yeah. Canceled for the day. My, so it's unsafe for the buses. My theory was you were going to take Olivia Joe, right. who was a service dog, yes. and round up a bunch of dogs in the neighborhood and do some kind of like sled dog like an, sled like an iditarod i thought you were gonna do that you think i'm an animal yes i'm gonna treat no <laughs> that's awful i wouldn't so, do that to those dogs so you're able to open on wednesday and i think yes. we, we definitely tried our best like on the socials to let people know that week's comics had came in because they had came in like the friday before the snow hit right like that's how you comics work now is they come in a little early correct so yeah. how so how hard was it as the social media director to come up with a meme every day oh, it for was the horrible. comics being late. And you got to disappoint people every day, right? I did three memes on Monday yeah. because I thought, oh, this is going to be done by Wednesday. <laughs> I got to make sure to get my fun meme of Bill on the little uh, monster from Star Wars. Right. Which Mike has probably got a really bad thought of me right now that I don't know the name of that monster from Star Wars. Ryan, Tell it, Mike. Tauntaun? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, there you go. You saved it to the last second. But uh, but yeah, so um, so we so we were able to open on Wednesday, and then you're open pretty much every day from that point forward. Like, cause said you came in and did uh Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Oh yeah, yeah, I was here all weekend. Uh, probably the only person here. <laughs> yeah. I think maybe we had two or three customers each day that were brave enough to get out. Monday was just as bad, but uh, 
you know, I had fun. Yeah. You know, yeah. like he said, if if Boss said, you know, you can you could make the main roads, then I think you were pretty much clear the rest of the way. Our parking lot was not in any kind of shape where I would have wanted anybody bringing their nice car down here. Actually, yeah. I've just got a little uh, two-wheel drive Kia, and I was out running some errands between the two. I'd managed to get out, and I was like, I'm going to pick up some comics. Yeah. And I drove right by, and I saw that parking lot. I was like, nope, yeah. <laughs> I'm not even going to try it. Um, but yeah, I think like for so, so for small businesses like uh, Jocelyn next door, she essentially closed for the entire week because the roads and then also the parking lot. I know um, my guys, mm-hmm. they were essentially closed for a week too, right? I think they, they picked it back up that Tuesday because they had the same issues they couldn't get out of. Like so, their subdivisions. Yeah, a lot of it just depended on your situation. If you lived in an area where it's hard for you to get to work, then it's probably not worth you know going in. Like I said, luckily I live real close to the main road, so it wasn't a huge ordeal for me. Yeah, but I could definitely see somebody who uh, lived a little further from a highway or an interstate to come. You know, that being an ordeal because you, now you got to wait until if you live four miles down uh, Palin's Gap Road, let's say whatever. You gotta wait till that stuff melts. Yeah, so the city's not getting out there to Ponds Gap Road. Yeah, yeah. So you, you're just kind of. Uh, and the, I think one bookstore had a roof fall in. Well, not a, so a ceiling inside, right? It was at, like uh, Golden Age, right? Like Golden one of the age. ceilings inside. I guess it, it got Ooh. so cold that um, they had like a drop ceiling, and I guess it contracted the metal or. And it dropped. Yeah. And, uh, and the drop ceiling dropped. Yeah. Yeah. But luckily, I mean, it was it was after hours. Nobody was hurt. It was just those little yeah. those light ceiling tiles. Yeah. That are, but it's still just like one of those like just kind of shows you how storms like this can really impact like small businesses. Yeah. Yeah. Because like I said, for in, in effect, you're closed. Even though the sign may say "open on the door," no one's getting out in nine inches of snow to pick up an issue of Captain America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then except for those real real customers, the rain <laughs> happens and everything gets washed away. Yeah. But then the books end up being like three days late right like because the storm affected the entire east coast so butterfly effect so yeah it, it um what ends up happening is the ups gets behind because their workers can't make it into work right yeah you know they're stuck in the, in the ice and so everything sits in a warehouse at ups and then when finally everything gets cranked back up to speed they've got three warehouses full of packages waiting to be shipped but thankfully um books Think, are in this week back on schedule Everything so looks if you're good. listening to this the, the day it comes out, which is Wednesday, yes, um, the books are here. Yes, books are here. Uh, everything's ready to go. Yeah. Um, the one silver lining I noticed was that at least that week that was delayed was right. a pretty small comics week. Yeah. Like the week before, yeah. it was huge. Yeah. Yep. And that's the thing as a retailer that stinks is because you know for the most part you've already paid for those books, right, right, right. and uh, and so even though you're open, you're not selling anything, so you're out the money and. Eventually, you hope to get the money back, but it's you got, like I said, you're at the, the mercy of Mother Nature. Yeah, and hopefully that's it for this year. Um, yeah, yeah, I hope so. But I mean, come on, folks, it's still we haven't hit February and that's your mouth, Sid. You know, and March and and March is notorious. By the way, just for anybody that wants to get into this argument, I'll go ahead and end it here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look, if you were in the snow last week. Congratulations, Mm -hmm. you've seen some East Tennessee snow. If you were here for the 93 blizzard, you know what real snow is. And that's not what we got last week. So, you know, no offense to the younger kids, but, you know, I'm glad y'all had your moment. Enjoy it. Yeah, you've you've spent your first few days stuck in the house, but uh, nothing on 93. So that's, I'm 
I've just I've seen that tossed around the internet. And Gen X doesn't have much. See, Let us stick have it up this. for the Gen X generation. Yeah. I like it. Um, yeah, good for you. Yeah, no, it was uh, crazy. The Blizzard and I three. The only thing I really do remember is our at one point our water froze and my dad went down to the driveway, dug up mm-hmm. the pipe and lit a fire underneath it to try to oh wow uh, thaw huh? the ice. <laughs> is that legal? That is no, a sound. I, this was the 90s. Yeah. You could do whatever you wanted. Um, it was wild times, but uh, but everything's back to normal now. And if you've not been able to get in in a couple weeks, uh, your books are here. Bill's kept them warm. Sounds, he didn't put a fire underneath them, though. No, he didn't put a fire, but sounds, he snuggled with them. That sounds Aww. dirty, Ron, when yeah. you say it like that. It is dirty. Um, but yeah, but we're also glad to be back. We have some really good episodes coming up i think we have fred coming back on fred daly is coming back on he is and uh, uh, we're gonna be discussing some of the most famous uh comic book relationships that's gonna so, be awesome that's a valentine's, for, for valentine's day yeah. Yeah. see how so we do be, guys we're, we're professional at this but no no it's it's good to be back and uh i know there's been a lot of stuff that's while we've been gone a lot of stuff in the news right oh there's so much news that we've <laughs> I like your My segue. segues aren't as good as yours. <laughs> so much news. <laughs> Way too much news for this town. But uh so what have uh what have we missed, Ron? What's been going on in the uh So I think the first thing we should talk about uh-huh. is I think after IDW lost G.I. Joe and Transformers and they were, let's be honest, kinda lazy and took kind of a, a granted those franchises, mm-hmm. they are not gonna do that with TMNT. No, they've. Uh, I guess they've signed like an extension for the TMT license. Um, they're ending it with 150. The current run, correct? And they're redoing it with Mike. Let's. Uh, it's it's a soft reboot, so to speak. It's a continuation of the current comic. Um, okay. They're just kind of restarting a new chapter, number one, a uh, new volume, so to speak, to sort of I, I imagine draw some attention to it with uh, the success of Point <laughs> Mutant Mayhem. Yeah. The Mutant Mayhem movie was was a wild success, so I think they're probably trying to capitalize on that and get some attention, but. Uh, Jason Aaron, the writer. Great writer. Yeah. That was, a, that was a surprise. I was yeah. like, wow, man. Uh, apparently what they're doing is they're uh, doing a solo issue for each turtle like the original Mirage comics did uh, a long time ago. Mm. And once each of those four issues come out, then they're going to start back over with the number one. That's cool. Mm. Sounds yeah. like an interesting plan. And, um, they and I sh- cannot look it up because your internet sucks right now. Oh, what? Don't put this on me, Ron. Wow. Wow. You, I'm feisty like Sid. Hang on a second. Let me works know. fine when I'm here on the weekends. Yes, did yeah, did I they? say that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they are also uh, doing uh, a run of awesome artists with it. Yeah, who are the artists? He's the only uh, creator that's been listed as a writer so far. Joel Jones. Uh, Michelangelo is Raphael Albuquerque. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leonardo is Cliff Chang. Oh, that's awesome. cool. Yeah, good. And uh, good. Donatello is Chris Burnham. Okay, yeah. So and a star-studded lineup. So good. And I think after that is over, I think Raphael is the one that's coming on as uh, the the lead artist. I have uh, to say, I'm I'm really glad it's a continuation. I, right. I really didn't want to see another reboot from scratch with a new no. origin. We've that's this is like the seventh time they've done. This. Well, and especially since this last run of Turtles has been kind of the seminal run of Turtles. Mm-hmm. What uh, what IDW has done is is really to kind of make the Turtles more mature and the storylines more mature. And to kind of get away from the Archie Comics version of the Turtles. I'm right. curious. It's, it's taken uh, elements from favorite parts of the franchise. You know, a couple of things mm-hmm. from the cartoon, a couple of things from the Raj comics. Right. Kind of blended it together in this awesome version. Yes. Yeah, I'm curious to see because they're not giving them issues. If the the two female Turtles will be part of this new run. It's hard to say. 
That'd be cool, like with Jenica and um, Venus de Milo. Is that mm-hmm. a, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I'm hoping that it is a soft relaunch, but they kind of explain everything because I've not read a Ninja Turtle comic in forever. I've got a couple of the uh, trades if you want to read them. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Are you, you a turtle reader? I've read a few. I've checked out the Last Ronin just because oh, Ronin it's awesome. become yeah. so popular. And I started working here on Saturdays about 18 months ago. Okay. And right when I first got here that was one of the hottest things that was on the wall hmm. and people were really into that at the moment and so yeah it's i've been really impressed with how they've grown up and how the storytelling's grown up and it's i'm excited to see what they do next yeah so idw will soon have the jason aaron run mm-hmm. and also the sequel to last ronin yeah, uh-huh. yeah which they, they, they did a sequel prequel already they did right a prequel sequel yeah. but they're gonna do a squeakle <laughs> they're gonna throw in the alpha and i'm gonna go with it all yeah. right if you say so um but yeah so i think that's gonna be big and um mike you had wanted to talk something about a marvel imprint like yeah i think uh, i've had some comments from listeners that they like uh, us to talk about some behind the scenes kind of inner workings of the mm-hmm. shop and uh this kind of popped up in my feed i thought it was kind of interesting uh this was reported by Popverse. I'd said, did you buy a Marvel comic recently? If so, your comics may have isolated printer flaws and you are owed a free replacement copy. Uh, the books in question, Alien number 2, Darth Vader number 41, Dr. Aphra 39, Star Wars 42, here's the big one, Ultimate Spider number 1, the Nick Klein and J. Scott Campbell Virgin Variant Editions for some reason, just that one. And uh, Star Wars Thrawn Alliances says Marvel uses several different printers for its periodicals. And as this writing, we've been unable to determine if it's all from the same printer. So if you have uh, flaws in the book, they will send you free copies. Is this something you've seen come up a lot at all ever? Well, yeah, in the past, they've had issues where they'll generally send out replacement copies to retailers. And then people who bought the the flawed copy initially can just come in and pick up a free copy of the corrected copy mm-hmm. of the corrected issue. But it, it's weird because I don't even think it mentioned what the uh, the flaws were, did it? it no, say I'm the, assuming it's internal. Okay. In, in the book, um, which is interesting because let's say that you're a collector of variant covers and you mm-hmm. get that J. Scott Campbell Virgin cover, you might not ever open the book and even know that it's flawed, right? No, no. Uh, you know, you tuck that book away and you put it in a bag on the board and, and you read the uh, the copy that's not the J. Scott Virgin, Campbell Virgin copy. And then you may get a special thing right there because you have one that's got an error inside. It's got probably a small printing. So that's the thing. A lot of times when there is an error, hmm. um, a lot of collectors don't want to give those back because they. what ends up happening is those error issues down the road become more valuable. And so they figure if, a lot, if half the people send them back but half the people keep them, then the, half the people who keep them figure, well, now there's half the, the, oh, copy, right, the copies right. that are out there. There's even less. So... It's difficult sometimes to get the people to bring the copies back. So <laughs> yeah. usually what I have to do is I can't give them the corrected copy until they bring me in the misprinted copy. Yeah. Um, I, I remember the last really big one where I saw it starting going for a lot mm-hmm. of money was uh, 8 Billion Genies number two. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that one had a flaw. That was a really good story. I forgot about yeah. 8 Billion Genies. Yeah. It really is. Um, but no, no, they're, they're, they're generally pretty good about making it right, the uh, the printers and, and Marvel and DC. But you know, that's interesting when that kind of stuff happens, because I, I think it's been happening a lot. Like, there was a DC mm-hmm. omnibus or a collection uh, that had omnibus misspelled oh. on the uh, on the spine. <laughs> okay. It was Oops. a compendium. 
and they misspelled compendium, which I get it. I can't yeah. spell that either. It's a difficult word. It's an $8 <laughs> yeah. word. Yeah. I hate spelling facsimile when I do the social media posts on a Wednesday. <laughs> I'm always just applauding when you pronounce it correctly. Facsimile. Just there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Woo. yeah. Yeah. What other news? Uh, two things. One I didn't write down on our, our little bullet points, but we did see a preview pic sneak out from Deadpool 3 showing Ryan Reynolds in the classic Logan costume, Wolverine costume, the yellow and the blue. That was nice. Cool. At first I was like, is this real? But I dug a little bit and apparently it was straight from Marvel's little preview. Ryan it, Reynolds so. or Hugh Jackman? Hugh Jackman. Okay. Because ah, you passed my you test. Said, Good job. Because when you said Ryan Reynolds, I was you like, oh, this is totally I, I, yeah. I was like, what? Yeah, I cool. was just sitting here waiting for my chance to talk. Yeah, <laughs> Hugh but Jackman. So, he's Wolverine, and he's yeah. the one in the costume. Okay. But yeah, absolutely. Um, it looks great. It looks fantastic. So. Yeah. It's uh, very comics accurate. It is. It is. And, and you would think that that might just look corny. It doesn't. It looks looks great. By the way, a um, little side here. Uh, if you've not been reading Sabretooth War... Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! Ludicrous. Uh, the the cover says not for children. It is not for children. I yeah, like the second page. I was like, oh my god! It's billed as the most violent Wolverine story ever told. Is what the cover says. Yeah, and it, yeah. it's definitely getting there. Marvel, I think, is starting to do that a lot more because they've said um, this vampire blood hunt, blood hunt. Mm-hmm. is going to have like bagged copies that are going to have extra gory pages inside. Oh, wow, weird. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You've heard me talk about that Ghost Rider Wolverine crossover uh, recently, and it was just body horror. It was gruesome, too, so Marvel's yeah. really pushing some boundaries on that. Yeah. Which, I mean, they had that back in the 70s, you know. That was yeah, a yeah. huge, uh, from Marvel's imprint, that was a huge deal with their, their horror and supernatural comics. The rumor is the Deadpool 3 uh, trailer is going to drop at uh, Super Bowl. So you're going to get to see Taylor Swift win the Super Bowl, and then also get to see the She's not playing, Ron. Quit saying that. <laughs> she's, she's a coach. <laughs> she's a, she's um, an inspirational coach. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be phenomenal. And I think like this right. is really going to, I think, kind of stop the narrative that's been pushing recently with uh, with Marvel. Because Marvel right. is definitely doing some a lot of changes right now. Because I think this sounds like this Captain America movie. They're almost starting it from scratch. It's under the knife. Yeah, yeah they're eliminating every scene with the Serpent Society. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they kind of had that issue before with um, with Daredevil, right? Where they had to go yep. back and oh, reshoot yeah, yeah, yeah. with the first three episodes, four episodes. Yeah, they showed. I saw them. Uh, they had uh, Foggy and Karen and Matt Murdock mm-hmm. um, outside of a Midtown Comics. And oh, they also cool. showed a spoiler of one of the villains that's going to be in Daredevil. Really? Can I say it? Say it, Rod. Say, wait, 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 hang on, hang on, hang on. Say it in Morse code. <laughs> dot, dot. Wait a minute, no, hang on, hang on, hang on. Um, pig Latin, use Pig Latin. White Tiger. What? Oh, white Tiger. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Uh, and they also said uh, Bullseye's coming back, the mm. actor from the TV show, not Colin Farrell. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, it sounds like they're going to do, because they, they scrapped it, which makes me happy that maybe they're starting to give these shows the TLC that they need. Right, and not just put it, rush it out. Yeah. I'm thrilled that Daredevil is a continuation of the Netflix show. I didn't like the idea of them rebooting, and I was such a huge fan of that. And it was a wild success, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled that they're just continuing it. It was probably the most successful of the Netflix Marvel shows, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 it's the most beloved. Yes. And then the first season of probably Jessica Jones. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The one with David Tennant? Yeah. 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 I'm excited for that. And then I guess the last big thing of casting is Millie Elcock uh, from House of Dragon is uh, going to be Supergirl. Yeah, she was the young Rhaenyra. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Okay. Yeah, she was in it for what uh, two, five three episodes. episodes. Yeah. Five? Well, it was. Okay. It was. I only know that because I looked at IMDb. Oh, there it is. <laughs> okay. I remember not being that many, but uh, they switched her out. I guess it was a little bit longer than yeah. two or three. But yeah, I, th- I think it's a good choice. I think she has a good moxie, 
And I think that particular version of Supergirl is unique. And I think she'll do a good job. And you're getting more copies of that book that it's based on, right? Well, we have a, some on the rack right now. It's Tom Taylor's Woman of Tomorrow. Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. Yep. Yeah. What I think, a businessman. Look at that. Initially, yeah. it was, I think, eight issues. But the graphic novel collects all eight into one. Yep. And it's a fantastic story. Have you read it? Yeah. Have okay. you? No, no. I hadn't read it. I was curious. Yeah, it's good. Okay. Um, like most I mean, stuff you Tom see, Taylor does. Could, could you see it being a movie, though, when you were reading it? Yes. Okay. A yeah. very fantastical movie, I might add. Really? Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's I probably think, not what you'd expect out of a Supergirl story at all. Gunn's been really smart, because you can tell Gunn is a comic fan. Right. It helps. It helps a lot. And so I'm excited to see like his vision, because I don't think everything's going to be jokey-jokey like a lot of people are worried about. Mm-hmm. But he's he's picking some great stories to base everything on i like that his first 10 projects he announced it wasn't like superman batman wonder woman flash green lantern justice right, league right. like yeah. it's actually you know creature commandos supergirl yeah like i mean it's a good mix you know yeah and so far all the casting they've done for like the superman movie mm-hmm. and for supergirl have been great yeah yeah i mean I, i'm willing to give him a chance something else again is established that he has excellent taste in music all of his movies just have That's a true. great soundtrack so yeah. hopefully he'll continue that through I hope Superman has that Three Doors Down song, Kryptonite. Come on, Ryan. Podcast over. <laughs> We're done this here. Shut it down. <laughs> um, no five for fighting. No. I am Superman. <laughs> Come on now. Oh, there you go. So many good songs. Uh, Spin Doctors, uh, Pocket Full of Kryptonite. You're showing your age. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's an R.E.M. song on Life Search pageant. That shows my age. So, uh, oh my Doesn't Goldfinger have a Superman song? Oh. Okay, that's it. Okay. Uh, shout out to R.E.M., by the way. That band, I feel like, has gotten kind of passed over over time. Yes. I think people forgot how amazingly awesome that band is and how big and popular they were. So, so say that. That's if, all. In, in, the late, in the late 80s, early 90s, they were... They dominated. They dominated. They dominated. Yeah. I saw them twice at the now-dubbed Food City Center. Oh, uh, <laughs> Food City Once, Center. I, I, I think in 88 on the Green Tour wow. and then on the Monster Tour. Oh, wow. so Green was yeah, so great. Yeah, it was oh. fantastic. That was one of those seminal moments of my I'm jealous. childhood. Yeah, Thank I think, God I can yeah. say. No, I think you're right, though. They've kind of been overlooked. Yeah. But they have not only have really good songs, but really good music videos, too. Yeah, Some yeah, very creative and interesting stuff. Especially. Losing My Religion won a boatload of awards. And it's crazy, too. They have songs like... Uh, Stand and shiny happy people, mm-hmm. like happy up singing, and then everybody hurts and losing yeah. my religion and monster and just like different kind. Yeah, yeah, such a good band. The Andy Kaufman song, uh, oh, Man, yeah, Man yeah, on the Moon, Man on the Moon. Yeah. yeah, that's our first ever music segment. It's exciting, right? <laughs> but you know what we're here for tonight? We are. We're here for our guest. Yes, Mister hmm? Sid. What's going Sid. on, guys? Sid Vicious. Saturday Sid, or at it's least. Been- no, you're not Saturday Sid anymore. Right. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was sat- Saturday, Sunday, and uh, and Monday. Monday. He's a Saturday, triple threat. Sunday, Monday. So yeah, triple yeah. threat. Okay, so first off, what's the origin story? Like, were you were you a customer here before you came on? Yeah, I was a customer here for a while and got friendly with Bill. Oh, friendly. Uh oh. Just <laughs> in a completely platonic way. Okay. But just just at least two, for now. Just two <laughs> two gentlemen that, you know, saw each other from I'm also your HR you know, equal perspectives. And so uh at that point I was more into Funko than comics and looking for somewhere to set up these little free basically Funko flea markets that we would have on Saturdays. And all I really needed was somebody to lend me the parking spaces and I would bring business into the store. And I guess it kind of went from there. I slowly just kept 
coming back and coming back. And, you know, we quit doing the flea markets after a while. I think the vendor interest is really with those has gone online. Mm -hmm. It's so much easier to sell 200 pops out of a room at your house on eBay than it is to lug them down to the parking lot and set up tables and, you know, a stand-up tent and everything. But, you know. The old ways. The old ways. <laughs> yeah. But some things are, you know, we definitely miss those. And I actually have had a few customers come in and ask where those went. So <laughs> if if you are interested, get in contact with me or the store and let us know and be happy to set up another one. But that's how it started. And I just kept coming back. And uh, I don't know. Eventually... Lane didn't want to work on Saturdays anymore. So it just seemed like a good fit. You know, I knew a little bit more about the figures than I did the comics, but it's it's all worked out. Been a learning process and lots of fun along the way. Yeah, you you definitely uh, did like on on the job training with learning the comics and stuff. Like mm-hmm. you I can tell from like when you first started coming in here to now, your knowledge on comics is a lot better. It's it's definitely been something that I've really enjoyed the customers help me with. Um, I'll often ask them what they're reading or what they find interesting. Um, you know, I've definitely learned to be able to help you guys with some of your cover choices. I know who Scotty Young is. So if I see a <laughs> Scotty right. Young cover and that's your thing, I'll definitely set it aside for you. Or, nice. you know, I know who, you know, J. Scott Campbell. I'm familiar with his work and Art Germ Lau. And, you know, nice. I can definitely kind of pick out things like that. And, you know, that's just really the goal is, is to be able – I don't want you guys feeling like when you come in here and I'm here, you're shortchanged. I don't want you feeling like – I'm not a you know abreast of what's going on on the wall. If there's six Batman stories, I need to kind of be able to tell you a little bit about each one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know just well. And but that being said, let me say this: is the most important thing isn't necessarily the knowledge of comics. The knowledge of comics is helpful. Yeah. But the most important thing that Sid has is is customer service abilities. Yes. And so, like all the feedback I've had has been nothing but positive from people that come in on on the weekends, and so I can. You know, or almost anybody can 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 learn about the comic book world. What's more difficult to learn is that that basic instinct of of, of being nice to people, how nice. to treat people. Hmm. Uh, that's a lot harder because it's that's more of an ingrained instinct than a learned instinct. So, uh, so so yeah, so it's it's, it's been great, and uh, like I said, the customers have been nothing but positive, and um, everything else is is kind of you know, like I said, it's it, we can work with it. It's just worked mm-hmm. out the way it should, and I really appreciate the opportunity and you guys taking me into your family. It's it's nice now that I'm working on Sundays and Mondays. I've met a lot of different people that I didn't get to meet on Saturdays, and you know, just more of the regular customers and more of what you guys are looking for, and I appreciate the patience and the help yeah. getting all this figured out. Like I said, it's it. Bill's right. It, it probably is easy to come in and you know just get yourself caught up on where all the comics are but you know i think here at the comics exchange and that's kind of why i wanted to come work here was because it just feels different and when you come in your family if i recognize you or i've caught you on a day where i've been you know grabbing a paycheck or seen you in here before when i was just a customer then you know i'll do anything i can for you so, uh, like I said, just really happy to be here and wanted to thank Bill for the chance. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, Lane was the bird lady. She had uh, her fine feathered friends in here sometimes. Have you considered getting a signature pet or animal? Ooh. 
I actually have two cats, and I want to <laughs> give them a shout out because they will be one year old. Aww. Um, they are twins from the same litter. Absolutely precious, but they will be one year old the day after tomorrow. Absolutely the light of my life next to my wife. Uh-huh. but um good save yeah good save, good save especially considering right she's here <laughs> yes. um but uh i'd bring them down i i don't know somebody might want them too much and, and, and i'm not willing to part with them <laughs> yeah. so no i have to let mommy take care of them on the weekends but i don't know maybe a snake one day mommy oh. won't let me keep that at home so it may have to come live at the comic shop right. What do you think, Billy? Snakey, snakey. We'll put them around the Serpent Society issues. Oh. <laughs> um, but I could say, like, I remember, uh, I think the first time I, I really met you was uh, Free Comic Book Day last year. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. I could see, like, you know, in the morning, just how much connection you had with the customers. Because that was the most customers you had seen on a Saturday at that point, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nothing ever like that. That was you guys that came out that day y'all were amazing the way you lined up and you know the energy that was brought to this place it was it was a totally different feeling and it was wild it was great it it just felt like a community and that's and that's the coolest part of working here is just mm. you know there's a joke in clerks this job would be great if it weren't for the effing customers well <laughs> this job is actually great because of the effing yep. customers nice. yeah. and you know that's like i said you know you guys really showed out and there were a lot of people i was intimidated at first but thanks to ryan my friend i was Aww. able to make it through and made a new friend in mike that day it was the first time i'd ever met mike so uh yeah we had lots of fun um, yeah that's it's always one of the days i look forward to most in the year and it's, it's I couldn't do it with by myself, so it's nice to have people that I can count on and su- that help support me and help support the store. And uh, and we Sid we inaugurated Sid last year. That was his first free comic book day, right? Yeah, it yep. was his first one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so they get, it, it gets easier from here, Sid. That's <laughs> next this year will be much easier. And the year after that will be much easier. I just don't like the time in the morning. That's so early for us to be here. It is early, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> It's kind of cool seeing the people line up outside the store. Oh, yeah? yeah? You think that's cool? Really? <laughs> okay. That's yeah. how you like to start your Saturday. Yeah. All right. The best part about last year, there was a girl outside that was dressed as a Harry Potter character mm. and a bird that was over, like, that was in the over on top of the uh, roof came down and perched on her shoulder and just sat there. Unreal. Yeah. Yeah. I think I put a picture up and I for, I just kept coming out going, This is a this is an actor bird, right? You plan this. Oh, this is your bird. That's bl- um, black magic. Yeah. Man, it's just it's so good and one of the things I enjoy most is I had my friend and he brought his kids in here. And his daughter's six, seven years old. Mm-hmm. She doesn't ever read, not for fun. But in the 20 or 30 minutes she was here, she flew through a My Pony, My oh, Little Pony fantastic. issue. And it's just, it's a great way to get kids reading. It's a great way to, you know, I see lots of fathers and sons on the weekend who come in and they both collect or it's a hobby they share. That's nice. Man, it's it's just, it's absolutely, it's it's all about family and all about fun down here. No. Well, now I'll say this too. Um, Sid's done a great job. It's, it's nice to have someone that knows uh, a little bit about Funko Pops. Yes. Because it's not my area of expertise. Yeah. So since he's been here, he's done a great job organizing the Funkos and um, setting up displays and, and sale displays. 
Seems to me that he knows more than a little bit. Yeah. Seems oh, like yeah, a bit yeah. of an expert. No, no, yeah, no. Yeah, probably way too much, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, so, yeah. so so how many, if you were just guesstimating, how many Funkos do you think uh, that you and Lauren have? Okay, Ooh. I'm going to answer this. Okay. And when I do, Shipley, you look at my wife, okay. and you see the face that she makes when I give okay. you the number. And that way <laughs> we'll she, know. Does she know this? <laughs> it says it open information? We, 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 I think we have a general right. agreement. You want to write I'll it on a say, piece of paper and slap I'm it across the table? I'm staring at her right now. <laughs> I'll say Funko pieces. Is this counting the like the big ones and the box sets and everything? The big ones and the box sets and everything. Hang on, hang on, hang on. All the way Let, Let's all guess oh, before he guess. says. Let's oh, guess okay. before he says. Good idea, good idea. Since he thinks she's going to freak out, I'm going to say 680. Ooh, specific. I was going to go, I'm just going to go three. I'm going to go 300. Okay. I'm going to say. Oh, God. I'm reading Sid's body language right now. <laughs> and I'm looking and at my wife. He looks he looks confident like we've like everybody's under guest. Yeah. So I'm gonna say what do you say, Ryan? I said six eighty. I'm not gonna price is right, you would go six eighty one. I'm not gonna do that six eighty one because said six eighty one I would turn this table over. Yes, I know that's <laughs> yeah. nonsense. Yeah. I'm gonna say seven fifty. Seven fifty. Okay. Uh where are we at? How close are we? Uh, <laughs> if you want to include keychains and all their, hang other on, hang on, hang on. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say uh, four. I'm gonna say one thousand because he's he's adding keychains. Like he's already putting more stuff on, so I'm I can gonna, tell. You know what? I'm gonna stay at my six eighty. All right, I'm saying I'm, I'm gonna say four four digits. One, okay, one grand. four breaking okay. the four. Yes. Okay. All right. Probably about nine hundred pops. Oh. But when you include the keychains, and Funko also has a line called sodas. Daddy called it. <laughs> they used to make a line called rock candies. There are also a thing called dorbs that were in the past. Oh, yeah, yeah. And honestly, yeah, you're you're probably looking at around somewhere between twelve and fourteen hundred. Yes. yes. Are they all on display? Oh no, no! <laughs> I live I live in a one bedroom apartment. Bless my wife's heart. There, most of them are in boxes wow. or protectors or stacks. It's yeah, it's it's absolutely insane. We've got ones that are literally smaller than a quarter. Oh wow! Um, to Bill actually has an eighteen inch Batman here at the store. We've got a couple of eighteen inch Batmans, Man. and when you pull wow. those bad boys out of the box, they take up some room. I'm sorry, three. Uh, yeah, I actually have one too. Um, we just haven't taken it out yet. So but. we got some questions for you about. Funko. Oh, nice. Oh, hey, there we go. Go. This first question is from somebody named Lauren. Lauren, am I saying that right? Oh, don't look Lauren, at me. You're reading it. Lauren, maybe. Oh, um, she wants to know what is the most monetarily valuable piece in your collection, and what's the most sentimental. Oh, a twofer. Okay. Well, I know the answer to the first one. Easy. That's the Cheshire Cat in the teacup rides. It was a WonderCon exclusive. Um, Already sounds expensive. Yeah. Yeah. It it got as high as close to 700. Whoa. I think it dipped down into the upper 400s. Okay. So that would probably have to be my most expensive one. Sentimental value is so hard. Oh, yeah. uh, Gosh, you want me to get to one? Well, like if there's yeah, one, if there's one Funko that you would never sell, or yeah. like be the last one off the boat. The last one <laughs> off the boat has to be Indiana Jones from the Temple of Doom. Ooh, there okay. was 
one that you could only buy in at MGM Grand Studios wow, down at man. Disney. And you had to go to they once upon a time when when Disney was cool, maybe it still is. Oh. Um but they used to do a stunt show and they sold these pops exclusively outside of the stunt show. And uh, it's specifically from a scene in the Temple of Doom. It doesn't say that on the box, mm -hmm. but he's missing one of his sleeves. He's got oh, his machete right. out. He's getting ready to cut down the bridge. So if you guys know what I'm talking mm -hmm. about, it's yep. it's definitely that scene. There's there's no way to confuse it with any other. That was the first expensive one I got. It's probably around 200. Ooh. And... Uh, so yeah, I would say that it was a, and it was also a gift from my father. Oh, oh wow! So there's sentimental value there. Yeah, yeah, that's that's probably the last one off the boat. There that's it is. awesome. I remember like uh, when Funko first started, mm -hmm. when Bill was at the other store. Bill had had this like little like uh, nook that had like like little small like Archie digests and stuff like that. And for literally two years, right. he had Funkos like Jimi Hendrix Funko. The original uh, penguin, the original Green Lantern, all that are like way expensive today, just basically collecting dust on that shelf. Right. Because that was the time it was Funko and Mighty Mugs that came out, and it seemed like people were going more towards the Mighty Mugs. So yep. this is the thing with Funkos. When it first started, Mighty Mugs were the thing. Yep. But now the problem with Mighty Mugs is the price point was $15. This is, this is, the, this is the, how big of a difference the price point can make. So Mighty Mugs was done by the same company, I believe. Um, and they were $15, and they were kind of chibi style, kind of chubby arms and legs, and kind of a little pot belly. Uh, and they sold okay, but not, not gangbusters. Then Funkos came out. And when Funkos came out, the price point was $10. And so just being $5 cheaper, it's a lot easier for someone just to give you psychologically a $10 bill mm. than to hand you a 20 and for you to make change. Yeah, but then Funko getting, like, Basically any license. And so that's the other funny thing about Funko. When they first started up, their licensing department was like 12 people because they would call all these people looking for licenses they needed to get, you know, to keep the Funko train going. They needed to get more licenses and more licenses. And my buddy said after two or three years, the licensing department people, licensing department went down to three people because now people are calling Funko. Funko doesn't have to cold call, oh, you know, um, the people who own Simon and Simon. Or the people who own, you know, they, they call Funko saying, hey, I've got the license to Murder, She Wrote. If you want to make <laughs> some Angela Lansbury's, you know, I'm willing to cut, you know, to, if you cut me a check to, to let you make them. It's, it's time so, for Mr. Belvedere, Funko. <laughs> <laughs> From your mouth to God's ears. <laughs> so Catherine here asked, what's your top reason for collecting and what's your least favorite part of collecting? Ooh. Best part of collecting, hands down. Come for the Funkos, stay for the friends. Nice. I really am tied into this community and it what started off as a very small knoxville thing over the years my wife can attest to this i've grown to into a nationwide group of collectors what's and I've the name got of the group friends from all over ours is called funko familia mm. and familia is actually spelled with a ph and it's ah, it's it's kind yeah. of to represent that you're you're supposed to treat this like family and it's got some of the nicest people that I've met, but I've, I've got friends in Dallas and Pittsburgh and California and, you know, just, just amazing folks. So that's, that's really the best thing. And ironically, mm -hmm. the worst thing about it are the people. And the board sword. 
I will tell a story. I'm not going to name names, <laughs> but give one us, of my friends. Give us names afterward. Fair enough. One of my friends got a little overzealous one day, and he wanted a Batman pop that was on sale that morning at Target. And unfortunately, an older gentleman thought it would be a wise idea to try to remove the pop from my friend's hand. Oh, oh, whoa. Without asking. That's a bold move. Yeah. It was a bold move, and it got a bold response, to <laughs> which I heard a bold sound because I was around the corner. And that sound was my friend's fist hitting this man's whoa. face. Now, so, wait, so you literally said this was, flattening hot, him in target. Oh, I was hoping this was a hot topic. <laughs> no, <laughs> I've seen... All no, right, all right. That, no, we... we, we those we'll have to do those after hours. Those stories aren't safer on the air. <laughs> oh, yeah, you got young kids and oh, yeah, anyway, but but yeah, the worst part is is definitely the people. You know, I know my friend better than that. Oop, almost slipped and said his name. <laughs> it was a bad moment in judgment. We all have them, but the people that get overzealous about these things mm-hmm. enjoy them, love them. They are fantastic. When you forget that they're just plastic and cardboard, which is all they are, they're great. The values go up and down just like stocks. Most of them, most of us never sell them. Wonderful stuff. But when you start acting like a jackass because of Funko, you need to kind of have a realization and talk with yourself. Okay. Um, also, top of the line, and this goes all the way back to my my concert going days, but. My other least favorite thing about Funko is the scalping market. Uh, <laughs> lots of people that will jump on hot stuff and mm-hmm. immediately turn around and sell it for five or six times the value and sometimes even within Ooh. five or ten minutes. Ooh. And that's, yeah. yeah, not not really into scalpers. But, man, yeah. like I said, the generally the people are absolutely wonderful. You just, you kind of have to pick and choose like you do in real life. I have a question. Um, what year... Did the first Funko come out? Is that can you nail that down? Is that something you can really trace back? You got to? trivia questions. Ooh, I like yeah. this. At least I mean, you know, a rough year. What do we know? Ooh. Can we all guess? Good question. Honestly, that's what I do. <laughs> I'm gonna say it was 2009. Oh nine. All right. Which may be a little late. I know how it started. I don't remember the exact day it started. I know the story behind Funko's was a gentleman wanted a Bob's Big Boy piggy bank. And he could not go to Big Boy Mm -hmm. and get a piggy bank. So he went down and eventually licensed them and got the license and started making piggy banks. And then one of his friends said that would make a great bobblehead. And thus, Funko was born. Wow. And uh, they continue to assault us and our wallets. <laughs> um, now, the reason the Marvel and Star Wars ones are bobble is because of like license deals, right? Yep. yep. So all the other Funkos, other than Marvel and Star Wars, are fixed heads, where the head doesn't move, right? No, not necessarily. Okay. It just depends well, on the individual so license and whether... <laughs> Whether they want to go with that or not, it's okay. it's, but, it's really up to them. But the majority are fixed, other than the Marvel and the the, the Star majority. Wars. Yeah. yeah. Do you have a preference? No, no, I really don't. I 
these things are so neat to have around the house, but it's it's the memories that you take with them. I know it was insane earlier when I said, I've got, you know, I've got 1,100 of these things sitting around the house. The funny thing is, is for the most part, mm-hmm. I can tell you where oh. and when and how what? I got every single one. Oh, that that's seems cool. insane that's to me. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> like- I can go back to conversations me and my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, oh. had. Now, does she she collect also? She does, and that was kind of, you know, dangerous to the number situation. When Mm. she moved in, everything definitely went up. Now, it's the 1,400, um, including hers. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, you collected, she collected, Mm -hmm. and you're dating. You're both collectors. Yeah. Please tell me on your wedding cake you had two Funko Pops. Of course. We did. Han Solo and Princess Leia. Nice. And the cake actually said, I love you. I know. Yes. Oh, cool. oh that's so, amazing. Yeah, and we had plenty of pops at the wedding, and soda pops. Yes, soda <laughs> soda pops. We had Funko pops yes. that we took all the pops, all the pops, and oh, that's uh, amazing. You know. So is your couch just like a stack of Funko Pops shaped like a couch with like a cover over the top of it? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. It, the yeah, TV is just random Funko Pops. It's, it hasn't gotten that bad, but I will tell you an honest story. My friend came over to my house and he brought his daughter. I was telling you earlier about his daughter that read the My Little Pony comics. And he told me after she left that she made the comment that they love coming to our house because our house is like a toy store. Nice. Yeah, oh, of that's course. awesome. And so, yeah, it really, it's, there are plenty of bookshelves where the nicer ones are on display, the signed ones are on display, but when the new ones come in, Friday we just got 14 or 16. There you have it. Nice. And, you know, that definitely added a lot to our collection. So those kind of get stacked up in the corner until they can get sorted out. You know, we try to keep our WWE together, our Marvel together, our DC you know, when you go into hot topic, is it like when Norm goes into cheers? Yes. Uh, everybody yeah. shout your name. Definitely, <laughs> definitely, definitely. Me and the wife are well oh, okay. too known nice. to be known at hot topic and <laughs> considering, you know, not to, to age drop, but how old we are, we are definitely their um oldest and best clientele. It's it's sometimes but that's a good to, ridiculous. it's good to get in with the with the people that work there because it helps you out. Yes. Like to avoid like the scalper stuff. Oh, definitely, definitely, and that's. Do you have some inside connections at stores, like guys that you know that work in the stock room? And see, I can already said the answer is yes. <laughs> yeah. Then you see the way he's looking at me. He's like, I of used to. Funko <laughs> has gotten a lot more transparent. Okay. The best way, if you are in Knoxville and you are looking for something new, right? Follow Hot Topic and Box Lunch on Instagram. I hate sending people to big box stores, but they use their Instagrams wisely, and they will post pictures the night before uh, of what they're going to put out the next day. Oh, why nice. aren't we doing that, Ryan? And Ooh. so, why aren't we doing that? <laughs> when did, you did, hear did you that? Ever get the Dolly Parton Funkos in? I got some coming in this week. Okay, cool. We'll post yeah, that. I will. There yeah. You go. <laughs> yeah. So, so I always get my usually, back in the corner. <laughs> that's usually the best the the best way to keep up with what's coming out locally. Okay. You know, there's a good site on Facebook too, Diz D I S dot trackers. They keep track of all the new Funkos that come out. So when they get announced, they'll tell you, is it going to be a one that you can only buy at Box Lunch? Can you buy it everywhere? Is it only at GameStop? Does it glow? You know, they're Funkos is bad about variants as some comics are about covers. Mm-hmm. There's right. seven different versions of. Yep. animated Batgirl that I have and one is 
shiny and one is blue and gray and one is a different outfit and one is this pose and that pose and at some point you just forget which is well, which it's so easy to do there's a friend of mine i think i asked at one point how many funkos he had and i think he said it was like 120 and he says he only collects deadpools and harley quinns Whoa. there's still that many of those there's, yes there's yeah. so many variations wow. of those two characters if you if you ask me who i have the most of yeah and it wasn't even necessarily initially by choice mm-hmm. because we've tried even at 1200 we've tried to right. cut down the thin collection the herd. Yeah. thin the herd and uh man he just got me for four new ones last week deadpool yeah. i've easily got 50 or 60 different deadpool pops well, there you have it and we just bought four more on friday yeah i should have counted my spider-man funko pops before i came on tonight uh, last year was my figures when I get home. And actually, uh, last year was Spider-Man's 60th uh, mm-hmm. birthday anniversary, and Funko took great oh, advantage of that. That's right, I forgot about that. I have, yeah, um, but you brought some uh, for show and tell, right? Ooh, I brought a few. Let's see the cool, the cool. Yeah, ones. just some of my more favorites. That Indiana Jones that I talked about was Ooh. in there. Ooh. Okay, cool. So there's that one. He's brave to take it out. Well, he's got them in these Funko protectors, yeah, right? Like uh, these hard cases? Yeah, these are actually what Funko collectors call stacks. Mm-hmm. They're probably going to be what a comic collector would say is close to slabbed. Mm-hmm. Yes. They're a thick, you can kind of hear that tap on the plastic. Um, they're definitely for stuff getting knocked off. So I know with comics, like condition's a huge part. So with Funkos... Let's say I've got a $100 Funko, but the corner, the left corner is kind of smushed in a little bit. How much am I getting for that? Depending on the person. Right. If you're talking to another Funko collector, he's at least taking 20% off. Okay. So you're looking at 80. Um, a lot of people just won't buy a damaged box. Damaged box. I tend to be extremely anal. If one of my boxes gets damaged, God bless my cats. Um, if they knock one off or do something, mm-hmm. it gets replaced. The box, you know, frequently in my house, the phrase is uttered, I don't buy boxes that look like that. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, but. So you're, a bo- you're a box knob. I am a box knob. Say, so speaking of percentages, what percentage would you slap on people that open these? Like, I always see them sealed. I don't think I've that. ever seen okay. a collection where they've been opened. What's the. Like, um, this is a really interesting debate. And it's one that I've been pulled back and forth in. My wife was an out-of-box collector when I met her. Ooh. And so all her stuff, some of which was very expensive, and I knew that when I met her, I walked right. over to her house and came in, and they were just all out of box, and my jaw just immediately hit the floor. I was just like, what? <laughs> it's just like, oh, my goodness gracious. Like, what the hell have you done? Like, you had so much money, and now they're just, this seems like a new lyric for that Paula Abdul song, Opposites Attract. But, but yeah, I after that... I keep my stuff in the box. I wreck it out. You just, you, just, you just... Different people do different things. I've learned over time, Pops does a thing called Rides. We actually have one here at the store. It's uh, Mr. T or Baracus in the A-Team van. It's oh, a cool. great piece. And uh, the ones that are Rides, they look a lot better out of the box you can kind of see them better uh i've got a batmobile that looks really good out of box it's got a metallic paint job so it kind of shines luke on a land speeder that i'm getting ready to take out of box 
Um, stuff like that really shows off. The bigger pieces show off. Now, the little ones, the standard four and a half inch pops, if I'm going to take one out of box bill, I buy two. Oh, really? Yeah. No, that's a, that's so a common, I'm sure, I'm common sure, theme among collectors. I was going to say, I'm sure some comic collectors can understand. It's basically, Absolutely. I have one copy or one version to enjoy and play with, and another version that's going to get stuck in one of those hard plastic cases put back and put back and you know just in the general collection but a couple of more that i brought i know michael i think likes wrestling and ryan does we recently lost a great great man his name was bray wyatt his real birth name was actually william wyndham rotunda yep but he went by bray wyatt or the fiend right after he passed a friend of mine from New Jersey was kind enough to sell me an autograph pop of his. Ooh, Definitely that is amazing. The autograph, wow. Yeah, and the cool. fact that he didn't choose to go up on it, even though there is that death market kind of right. death tax that you mm-hmm. have to pay. That's awesome. That's super Here's awesome. one that Dr. Cox from Scrub signed. Um, we don't do bad language here. <laughs> John McGinley is absolutely fantastic in person. That's what I like about these pops. Is and he wrote, help me help you. That's yeah, awesome. He writes quotes from the show. He's so friendly and engaging. You meet some of these people. And then the last two I have are definitely well, among my sentimentals. One I was given to by a friend, James Inglis. If you were listening to this, I still remember that day. Hmm. Um, he came into Fanboy, which is our local convention, and he had heard that I had lost a pop. Oh. And he said, you know what? I have another one of those at home. Man down. And he said, I will be happy to bring it to you. And uh, I could not believe his generosity. It is a Marty McFly Ooh. that was sold in Canada in oh, 2018. Nice. Oh, wow. And it's actually specific to the Johnny B. Good scene from the original. <laughs> so that one is very cool. And then you might not dig this Funko, but your kids are going to love it. <laughs> oh, nice. That was a good reference. Well done, Shiv. Oh, wow. That's really nice. That guitar is nicely detailed. It's kind of cool, too, because that's where Michael J. Fox is from, is Canada. Yeah. It oh, is yeah. That's neat. Look at that. Yeah. With the trivia. Huh, that's nice. And then probably, I'm such a music history buff. This FYE had an exclusive Jimi Hendrix that came out a long time ago. And it's actually the scene of him burning the guitar oh, yeah. oh, from Monterey Pop Monterey Festival. Pop Festival. Yeah. Legend. Speaking and of Funkos that collected dust at Bills for like three years. I, I, fantastic. I, I'm almost positive I had that in my store. Let me see that one. He had, he had the original Jimi Hendrix. I think I've had, I've had a couple Jimmys. Yeah. Nice. The original Jimi Hendrix pop was actually, here's some trivia for you kids. The original Jimi Hendrix pop, they did Super not have cool. the Jimi Hendrix license, so they went with Purple Haze Man. What? <laughs> and the original Bob Marley, which they still don't have his license, mm-hmm. huh. maybe with the new movie coming out, um, but they did not have his license, so they went with Rasta Man. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, this Hendrix, he's got the translucent fire on the guitar. That's a nice little touch. That's really great. Uh, Yeah, man. So, um, really neat music history piece. With the comic books, you can send them in to get slabbed and graded, and they do that with uh, baseball cards and collectible cards. Do they also do that for Funkos? That has just started. Uh Um, Companies, I think that's the next direction that companies are moving into. I'm such a damn box snob that i don't want somebody telling me the box that i think is a nine five is 
and eight. Right. So okay. I will uh, keep my stuff at the house. Nice. Mm-hmm. You seem to know as well as anybody. <laughs> my stuff doesn't have any tears. Most of my stuff doesn't have any dings. You know, if people can find flaws in it, that's great. But I think that's just the next area for the market. Right. And people just eventually, you know, they want to evolutionize it. And, you know, these things just like comics. Yeah, people are, people like to joke these things are going away soon. They've been saying that for years. You know, that this the, is the new well, Beanie Baby. They're the next the joke nope. was the Beanie Baby joke. Beanie Babies. Yeah. I've heard Pet Rocks. Mm. Well, but we're, these we're have well been beyond out. both of those. I Googled it. I looked it up. <coughs> oh, yeah. 2010 was the first year with the Funko Pops. Okay. Oh, very good. Yeah. So very close. I was close. 14 years. Wow. 14 That's years. That's not a, like, no, just a no, fact. Because no. Beanie Babies were, what, like four or five years? Say, maybe. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That is so. You wanted to do some uh, giveaways here. Yeah, I want to give stuff away, man. That's oh, what wow. that, that's what we do in our Funko group. So I figured that's what we, the Funko group would bring to the podcast. Okay, so it said you uh, have some stuff. We're going to do a giveaway. We'll post this on the page, and if you uh, want to be a part of the drawing, you can. Yeah. And uh, we'll uh, announce the winners on the Valentine episode. Now, we're, are we eligible for these? Can I, can I win one of these? Yeah, yeah. Everybody is absolutely eligible. Everybody can get in. I'm I, not going to be eligible. But I'll just yeah. get that. <laughs> I just brought. Because you'll probably cheat like you do on the drafts. Oh, easy. whoa! <laughs> that was deep. <laughs> I brought an Amazon exclusive Undertaker. Oh, it's specific to a certain time in his career. Mm-hmm. I've got Sylvie from season two of Loki. That's awesome. Um, she plays a critical role in the second season, yes. so you're definitely going to want a Sylvie. Love the that way, second season, second by the way. Second season is incredible. It is. Second season is absolutely fantastic. Last but not least, uh, a lot of people were really jacked last year when Funko pulled the <gasps> X-Men 97 license, mm-hmm. and they were able to get into the, the, some of those specifics. So this one came out. It actually has a sticker on it that says it was a fall convention exclusive, mm. so that would have been New York Comic Con. And uh, it's the Goblin Queen. Madeline Pryor. Yes. Yes. Madeline Pryor herself, a.k.a. Maddie. Yeah, she's had a run in the comics recently. She yeah. has. She has. So I thought that would be definitely something cool. And Is uh, that little baby cable she's got? It is baby oh! cable. Uh, by the way, uh, this one is probably going to be won by me. I'm just letting <laughs> you guys know that now. Well, that baby cable, though, I don't know. And I bought some little protectors for them to go in. So you guys will get protectors that go with them. Get in on that drawing and come get your Funko. All three of those are fantastic. Thank you so much. Oh, no problem. Hey, man, I appreciate you guys having me. It's been an absolute blast to get to hang out. We're doing three gives away. That's our way of making up for missing two episodes. Perfect. There it is. Yeah. We'll uh, do those drawings on our Valentine's episode. So if you've seen it, like in the back of the Energon universe books mm-hmm. uh, for the last couple of months, they've had the quick like six page or so like teaser for Cobra Commander, mm-hmm. right. which in the book is the actual first six pages where Cobra McCann- Commander goes into a, a bar. Yes. Somebody messes with him. Right. He goes outside, beats that person to death, and then steals his, it looks like a Cobra. Yeah, like, it looks <laughs> like one of the Cobra vehicles. It does. And then you see the blood come up and there's the curling. And then the next page, Mike, explain what happens literally we, the uh, next page. We have a flashback to something I didn't think, and I'm, I'm sure Bill thinks this too. Mm-hmm. I did not imagine they would touch this. Um, there was a direction that the franchise took near the end of the franchise back in the 80s. They made G.I. Joe the movie, and they took a dramatic turn with Cobra Commander's origin and introduced this ancient race that no one knew about in like the Tibetan mountains called Cobra Law. 
And anyone that knows what I'm talking about, I don't think any of us expected to see Cobra Law ever again. I mean, it did not go over well with with the fans at the time. It was a dramatic reinvention. Uh, This race, they were based off of organic materials. All their weapons were like little squids or octopuses with poof clouds, what have you. But uh, it was a dramatic difference, and it didn't go over that well that time. Um, But now that I'm paying attention and thinking about what they've done with Void Rivals and everything they're working with this franchise, it's actually kind of brilliant that they did it. No, it is, and it was kind of cool to see him playing into Cobra Commander's like scientific aspect. Yes, yes. Um, he was a scientist in this world of Cobra Law, and he's uh, messing with uh, some technology, which mm-hmm. they have banned. They banned technology, and a lot. I don't think we should spoil this. You don't think so? No, we're, spo- oh, we're spoiling it. it. It's such a great page turner. Right. Yeah, it, it really is. The very last page, they reveal the secret mechanical technology that he's been working with. You find out how he's been getting access to all this, right? Or at yes. least a good chunk of this uh, this technology. Yes, and uh, he's captured Megatron. Yep. yep. One of the uh, covers for Cobra Commander 1, this variant spoiler cover, spoiler cover. Had co- has Cobra Commander and Megatron on the cover. Yeah, unfortunately they do. They did that with um, the first issue with Bumblebee on Transformers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where uh, the spoiler cover had, uh, spoiler here, but had Bumblebee getting mangled by, uh, I think, Starscream. Yep. So yep. I have seen the G.I. Joe movie once. Mm-hmm. I lived in Germany. It was I had chicken pox at the time. Oh, and right. maybe that's why I don't remember any of this. But when I turned the page and saw the craziness that happened, mm-hmm. at first I thought, oh, God, they're, they're using this to tie in Void Rivals. Mm-hmm. I thought it was like the space stuff of Void Rivals. Right. So after I read the issue... I did notice, okay, it's not Void Rivals. I did go back and then look at some Wikipedia pages. And I did look online because I was like, oh, man, are people liking this? And it seems like everybody's overall is, in, is enjoying this twist. Mm. I'm not one of those people. Oh, um, really? This is okay, the, this is the right. first stumble to Uh-oh. me in the Energon universe. Interesting. Mike, I love you. Oh, likewise, likewise. Um, I'm going to still read it, right? Because yeah. I, I did like the issue, and I like the fact that they're willing to take chances. Right. But my favorite... Cobra Commander has always been the one that basically was just radicalized against his government. Mm-hmm. And I thought with like today's climate, right. that that works so well to have this total out of left field. What's the name of the the main guy? Globulus. 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 Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was Google Box. Um, <laughs> oh, <come laughs> but uh, it's so out of left field, but I do enjoy what they're doing and and i like the way that they explain why he's wearing the the silver mask and everything like that that scene was so oof (laughs) yeah Yeah. i wasn't expecting that but there's a there's a scene where i I guess it gets across some of the incompetence of some of the (laughs) cobra Cobra oh yeah she's holding the grenade yeah that's supposed to throw this and i I guess makes sense because they don't know technology Right, right, right. Yeah. Oh, great point. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was like, a, it's it's definitely, I give them it for not going like 1v1 with like the, how the franchise has right, been. Right, right. Um, I, I was about to point that out in that like, this is the what, fourth or fifth like restart of a G.I. Joe franchise. So yeah. by taking this dramatic left turn, it, it does make it feel different and fresh like you're just not rewatching the same thing again. Well, and I, and I like how, and I think even Josh Williamson in the letters page in the yep, back, I read that. he makes a point of saying, hey, listen, you know, you can read this series, but my Cobra Commander, he's not the Cobra Commander that runs away uh, yeah. saying, you know, I live to fight another day. This is the Cobra Commander that's going to stay there and fight to the very end. Ruthless. Yeah. And, uh, it's I, ruthless. And, I and, definitely and, like that part that they're showing, like Josh Williamson says in, mm-hmm. the, in the letter page, right. he's showing the reason why people would be behind the cowardly Cobra Commander. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
I read here when I was looking up like who the uh, creators of the book were, mm-hmm. and they likened it to Darth Vader by Kieran Gillian and Ooh. Immortal Hulk by L. Ewing. Wow. Both great runs. As a matter of fact, Kieran Gillian had two great runs on both his runs on Darth Vader. I think were both twenty five issues, and they were both great. Yeah, it's um, I I um, like I said, I think it's gutsy the way they do it, yeah. mm-hmm. and I'm definitely down for the four issues. That's see. a good point. It's not a huge commitment. It's yeah, a, yeah. it's a four issues because I kind of want to see like I assume after these two mini series are over, they're mm-hmm. gonna have they're gonna probably announce soon because I would these think a regular GI Joe series. These yeah, series yeah. would be over by like m- April. April. Yeah, April. April. So I think they'd have to soon tell like who's gonna. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, <laughs> who's gonna be doing? I assume Joshua Williamson will be on writing. I can't see him doing these two minis and dropping. I mean, he's 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 got. It seems like he has a good voice for the characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know Transformers Six comes out in March, yes. and then it's going to be like it's the end of the first story arc, and then are they going to take a break like they have with Void Rivals? Are we going to continue? If they take a break, will GI Joe come out when Transformers comes back? Hmm. That could be the plan. Um, yeah, so we still have a book coming out. But I guess they'd have to start announcing it soon because the previews are going into April right now. You would right? Think that they would make an announcement soon. Yeah. Yeah. If they're brilliant, they'll do something smart like uh like for free comic book day. Maybe on Super Bowl with Taylor Swift. <laughs> Cobra Commander's got some uh, nice art in it too by Andrea Milana. Um yeah. it's it's more of a I would say more of like an indie comic style of art. Mm-hmm. It's not like yep. your Jim Lee overblown um don't get me wrong, I love Jim Lee and all, but it, you're you're not looking at like a hyperkinetic uh, no. overblown art style. It's a little little more simplified and indie style, but the the motion, um every everything is great. The anatomy the color nice, palette color was really, palette, cool. really cool. Yeah. And I like how both Duke and Cobra Commander each end it with, hey, look who's coming next. Like with Stalker oh, yeah. and oh, yeah. uh, and Duke, it was Stalker and Rock and uh, Roll. Rock and Roll. And then Here's at the it. end of Cobra number one, Dreadnoughts. Dreadnoughts. And yeah. the cover is one of the Dreadnoughts with the chainsaw coming down on the metal mask. It's cool. I like the look of their clubhouse too. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Did yeah. you see the preview? Because oh, I have, no. <laughs> a mild spoiler of the next issue, Buzzer, the Dreadnought with the uh, chainsaw. Just okay. straight up serial kill somebody. Just Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh just blends them up to blood. I was like, oh my lord. Yeah. So this is this is not your uh, your kitty G.I. Joe. This is not the no. 1984 G.I. Joe. No. Yeah, and I saw, I think um, Duke number two come out, came out this week. Yes, it did. And Cobra Commander, I think, comes out Valentine's Day. <laughs> so... And I guess the other big book we want to talk about is is Ultimate Spider-Man. Well, let's rank let's rank it first out of one out of ten. One out of ten oh, for, for one, out of ten. one out of ten. Uh, Olivia Joe's. Oh, okay, so uh, we're using your dog. We're gonna use my dog. Okay. <laughs> yes, for, she, um, what do you she, give it out of one out of ten? She, she's an avid listener, so she'll like yeah. this. <laughs> Her um, ears have perked up. Right now. Uh, Who's a girl? Who's a girl? I would say uh, one out of ten. I'm gonna so, I'm gonna get a solid. I'm gonna give it a solid eight. Okay, I think that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think it's got there's still room to grow. Yep. Um, and uh, I, and then like you said, for someone who's not well versed in in Joe lore, you might not get all the references. Fair. Like even fair. Python, I think. Yeah, there's a, yeah. Yeah. So that being said, I think it's it's a good building block. So I'm an eight and a half. Eight yep. and a half. I'll give you Joe's. Eight and, eight and a half. half. Okay. I'm, I'm going to go with eight. Um, I think it, like Bill said, is a great starting point. Um, I love the twist of Cobra Law. Like I said, I didn't expect it, and it made it feel fresh and different. Um, and you've got, of course, Josh Williamson, who I who can do no wrong as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> he is awesome. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with eight as well. Yeah. I'm going to solid seven. Okay. So you're uh, not that far off. Not I'm bad. not going to yeah. cut Olivia Joe in half like you and do an eight and a half. <laughs> I don't know where that eight and a half came from. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to stick with the eight. Yeah. Right, right. Um. 
like I said, I uh, I love the art. Mm-hmm. I love the writing, and I love the fact that they're willing to take bold risks um, in this book. So I'm excited to see what they have planned in the future. Because sure. Nolan Kirkman, as the lead producer, showrunner over this uh, universe, mm-hmm. he is not somebody that's not willing to take chances. Obviously. So uh, Great uh, I'm curious to see where they go from here. Yeah, I mean, I'm in for the for the mini. Okay. Yeah, but but it's all at seven. But I would definitely say if you're out there and you're not subscribed to the Energon universe, what's wrong with you? Yeah, definitely first of get all. on it because, like, I mean, you're going to be able to get like second and third prints. They've been really good at keeping these in in print. Mm-hmm. But you don't want to have first FOMO and then two, like, in a couple of months, go, hey, I want to start getting this. And the books are so pro. Like Void Rivals is is I going think, up right now. Isn't yeah, I think it? issue one. I think we came out like a fifth or sixth print came out this wow. week. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. Dang. Yeah. So that's the good news, but yeah, yeah, if you're if you're a first print fanatic, you need to make yeah. sure you get in and get them quickly. Definitely. It's the biggest uh, indie book since uh something is killing the children. Oh, dang. Yeah. The yeah, Energon. Right. Yeah. yeah. And for me, I'm getting this new revitalization because mm-hmm. as Ryan has seen, a huge part of my toy collection is GI Joe and Transformers, yep. but both right. of those franchises have always struggled with quality uh media representation. Right. So for me, this is a new re- revitalization of all those figures, so I'm enjoying yeah. everything like yeah. up to ten now. So it's it's really cool. <clears throat> yep. Uh, and one more book we're going to talk oh, about this yes. uh, week. Here we go. Um, a big one, I might add. So as everybody knows, I've been I've been critical of the latest run of Amazing Spider-Man. No. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> it, it upsets me that they just won't let Peter and MJ be together. Oh my gosh! And, this again? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And. Uh, the editor actually at one point a couple of months said, and I think he was just trolling everybody. Basically, we don't have a lot of data that people really care about the right. the relationship because the marriage has been dissolved for as long as it was actually around. It's like he was speaking uh. straight to you. I think he was. Yeah. I took it, and I took it personal. You did. Um, but they started doing this um, Ultimate Universe uh, reboot over the summer, right. and near the end they announced, hey, we're going to be doing some books out of this. And the first book, and I think it made an impact. Uh, Ultimate Spider-Man number one by uh, Jonathan Hickman and who was the artist? Uh, Mark, Marco Cicchetto. Uh, yeah, who just came awesome. off of a great run on Daredevil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first issue came out, thankfully, the week before the snowstorm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No yeah, nice. yeah. It's an oversized first issue, 48 pages. Basically, during the Ultimate Universe uh, miniseries over the summer, the evil Reed Richards, the maker... Uh, basically created a new universe and went and stopped people from becoming superheroes. Like he captures the spider that's about to bite Peter Parker. Right. So Peter Parker is now like a 36 year old man. He feels something has been missing in his life. Uh, he's married to MJ, uh, happily married, mm-hmm. and they have two children. Even though when that conversation first came up where he's titled MJ that he feels like he's missing something in his life, yep. for a second I thought he was about to like end badly. Like, and I was going to get mad. I was like, man, are they about to end this relationship yeah. like right in the first issue? <laughs> yeah. Because the fans would have went nuts. Yeah. Yep, yep. But then no, also... No, it was Yeah, he ends up saying that yeah, he misses kind of being a... Because when you start the book, after you get through that conversation mm-hmm. with MJ and Peter near the end of the book, I went back and read it again right. because like, okay, so now I can see their reactions to each other at breakfast because the good thing is this MJ is encouraging him. She yes. knows that he feels stuck. Um, but essentially, so th- that's the first uh, big part. The big twist here is Aunt May died in the radius explosion from when uh, they blew up Tony Stark's laboratory at the end of the uh, the ultimate one shot. Right. And so basically Iron Man and Tony Stark and them are trying to get these heroes back because they have like a year before the maker 
escapes from his prison. A year or two years. I can't remember. Uh, yeah. It's definitely, I think it's like two years. I think it was two years. Yeah. So um, the big other difference is J.J. Mm-hmm. is a big part in Peter's life. Yeah, yeah. Surprisingly mm-hmm. sympathetic version of uh, J. Jonah Jameson. Very sympathetic. And then another really cool twist. The Kingpin mm-hmm. owns the Daily Bugle. Yeah. Uh, I didn't see that coming, and nope, I didn't nope. see. Uh, I, I was surprised Ben working at the Daily Bugle too. Yeah, and uh, Ben and JJ, uh, JJJ, all they they both leave the Bugle, right? And they're going to start their own newspaper. And this is, I think, really one of the angles that Jonathan Hickman probably really likes because he's going to be able to tell this story as well. Yeah, yeah, and he if you've ever read any Hickman stuff, he's a master at this, where he kind of interweaves these storylines. And someone sometimes one storyline will take a back seat to the other, which can be kind of aggravating at times. So some of his stuff sometimes reads better in graphic novel. Yeah. But this book's so good, I don't see how you could not read this uh, monthly. You know, yeah, right, and I right. think they're uh, planning the first graphic novel is going to be the first four issues. Okay, so, keep so they're going to they're try to get it out like um, That's quick. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Actually, now that you mention it, it feels mm-hmm. kind of like an anti-Hickman story in a way. It, it's mm-hmm. not particularly buried in texts and uh, no, no, history. You don't have it's, the, it's like a fresh start. It's all based on emotion and dialogue between the characters. So. Right. Yeah. There's not a flow chart at the end of the book <laughs> having to explain. You know, I think the good thing is he's getting to do all that in gods. Oh, yeah. yeah. Getting, getting that out, out of his system. Out of the system. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, that scene between Peter and MJ. That's great. Yeah, near the really end. was. Did have me feeling like the goosebumps. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's always been that interesting thing. When I was young, I gravitated to Peter Parker because you know he was like you can relate little bully mm-hmm. when he when he was younger and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And now older, I can all like, relate to this Ultimate Spider-Man because sometimes I feel like have I reached my potential where I should be in life? Okay. So I have the some the same struggles he's having here. So uh, yeah, it's it's really spoke to me. Yeah. I mean, I knew I was gonna like it. I'm the target audience for you this. You are. It's right in your wheelhouse. But I was surprised with how well I liked it. Good. Good, and good. That's a good sign. The quality is undeniable. No, and the artist, like you said, stupendous. Mm. Chetto does doing a great job. Um, and on the backside, something mm. really interesting is happening with Ultimate Spider-Man. Cover A is the one that is going up for the big bucks, isn't it? So for you collectors mm. and yeah, people out there, uh, speculators and whatnot, um, this book has really blown up. And there's several reasons why. The funny thing that's ended up happening is is that cover A, which is the, the mass-produced cover. My buddy Paul Lewis has said this for years. He said cover A is the cover of record. Mm. So oh. nine times out of ten, if a book, if you want to buy one cover, if you only have money to buy one cover, you got to pick which one is going to be the one that's most valuable over the years. Yeah. 90% of the time, it's cover A. Yeah. What was the phrase again? He said he said cover A is the cover of record. Cover of record. <laughs> I so, like that. So, so what he means is that like he he's... He's convinced that if you go to the Library of Congress, you know, which has like one book of all, like one copy of every book, that they also have copies of comic books. Right. And if he checks out a comic book from the Library of Congress, that comic book is going to be the A cover. Yeah. And I don't oh, know if that's yeah. true or not. It sounds uh, good. That sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah. I would love to have that library card. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So he's always, and so in this instance, it's, it's paid off for him because cover A, I think right now in the secondary market, believe it or not, is selling for about 50 bucks. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And just to give you a heads up, for people that want to dig for something, um, Ultimate Invasion number one, second print, the cover is that's the first appearance of this version of Peter Parker. Oh, he's on that cover. He's okay. on that cover. So but he's, he's not inside in the, the first issue. 
But yeah, but not as Spider Man. See, on he's the not, oh, he's on, on the, the cover. cover Spider Man. He, he's a Spider Man. Oh. Okay. So the first appearance of, of Peter the, Parker is in that first issue, but the second print is the first appearance on the cover. Of, and as him in the Spider Man in this uh, the new black suit that, that he's wearing. Okay. Yes. Oh, that was I was going to mention that next. You're right. Yeah. It's a it's a cool looking and so, suit. And so that book's going for about thirty dollars, forty dollars, oh, yeah, somewhere right. in that ballpark. Yeah, I actually uh, got a $25 gift card for Christmas, for Visa gift card, and I bought that Scotty Young cover. Which one? Oh, Scotty That Young. was just available wow. on his website. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. McKay's coming on in a, at the end of February, and McKay, I'll, I'll wait till Dem from Tell Story because I almost mm-hmm. steal his thunder, but he had a really good analysis about that. I, I read that. Yeah. Yeah, about why he thought it was going up in value. Yeah. Yeah. And it's off the shelf now, right? You're completely out of it, right? Um. Yeah. So I sold out. I stashed like a couple copies for uh, to put back just in case. Yeah. For myself. Huh. But yeah. uh. Nice. Smart. But yeah. 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 I'll have a. I'll have a bunch of second prints coming up. I think maybe the second week of February. Okay. So anybody that missed it, you know, we'll have some second prints, and I'm sure at some point I'll have some uh, some graded copies coming back from CGC. Something that stands out to me as well with that issue mm-hmm. is the dialogue. It feels mm-hmm. very natural, like real people talking. It's something you attribute to uh, early 2000s Marvel comics. With, yeah, um, Bendis. Bendis, exactly. Yeah. How yep. it, it doesn't feel like stilted, fake characters. It feels like real people saying Even the real kids. Things. Yeah, even yeah. the kids. Yeah. No, Which we've not got a lot about the kids yet. That's like, true. No. You see him briefly there when there's, I guess there's like a breakfast scene. or Yeah. So we can assume they have no power since he didn't have any. So yeah, I think not, so. Yeah. At least not yet, maybe. Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. yeah so it's going to be kind of interesting. A uh, second issue comes out in February. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the covers for the second issue definitely spoils who's their, uh, the ultimate Green Goblin. Right. Um, but uh, I would definitely say if you've not got a subscription, it's not in your folder yet, definitely get it in your folder. The good thing is, I assume since it's, ultimate, since it's a Spider-Man book, you've ordered a good amount of issue two as well. A healthy amount. Yeah. So, um, okay, uh, I'm going to go... F- First for the rating, Do it. Uh, I'm going to give it nine and a half Olivia Joes. I'm going to wow. Yeah, uh, wow, nice. I kind of want to see more of it first before I make a complete. Right. But nine as a, a first issue introduction, and as yeah. somebody that loves Spider-Man as much as I do, it checked all the all okay. the boxes. Yeah, I'm going to go slightly. I I think, and, and I know you're a Spider-Man fan, so you're probably uh, looking at through uh, red and black colored glasses. Nice. <laughs> um, I'm going to say. I'm gonna give it eight and a half. I think. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, because I liked it better than Cobra Commander, but not a whole lot better. So, um, like you went at Spider Law. So this is kind of what's kind of cool. No, come on now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, though I, I don't mind uh, Cobra Law. Um, <laughs> but no, what, uh, I, what I like about both the books is uh, it kind of throws you in the story and you're learning the story as you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So whereas with a lot of comic stories, like you already know, like a lot of the backstory because you've been reading for so long, both these books feel kind of new and fresh to me. Mm. And obviously the Ultimate's in a new universe, but uh, even this Cobra in the Energon universe feels different to me. Yeah. So I kind of like the, 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 the learn as you go uh, uh, feel of reading both these books. I am also going to go uh, with an 8.5. I'm just copying Bill on that. Me and Mike are yeah, on the same wavelength. <laughs> uh, you know, I, on one hand, I almost want to say that I, I wanted it to be more of a dramatic reinvention. Uh, it feels like a remix and not a true reinvention. I think the original Ultimate Spider-Man felt a little more unique, perhaps. But uh, the things that I do like about it outweigh that. That was surprising to me, like the, the human emotion connection to it. Mm-hmm. And the surprises that are different are really cool. And they have a lot of... Uh, 
options for cool storytelling down the road. And the whole thing, I was wary at first, but by the end of the first issue, I was eagerly waiting the second one. That's good. And the quality is undeniable. So, uh, yeah, 8.5, it's a very strong book. And it's really given a lot of people, I think, what they want from a version of Spider-Man. And, like, absolutely, except for a car exploding, no action sequences. That's true. That's true. Yeah, no, I think... Like you said, all human drama. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a good alternative for those people that aren't digging the the current storyline and Amazing. Very different. This gives you a whole different option so you don't have to complain about Amazing anymore. (laughs) Ryan. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) All right, well, the review crew has struck again. Review crew. We have spoken. Oh, we have spoken. So this episode's uh, dragging on. I mean, not dragging on, but well, it's, we had a lot to cover. We had a lot to yeah, cover. So let's go ahead. for so many weeks. Let's do a book of the week and go eat. Let's do it. Yes, I'll go first. Do it. Uh, my book of the week is uh, Dead X Men number mm, one. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, comes out. I think it looks cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know who all the Dead X Men. I assume they're the X Men that died at the Mutant Massacre on. So like Krakoa. Jubilee. Yeah. And okay, so yeah, it, uh, I'm excited for that because I'm I'm all in on the age oh, no. of, the end of Age of Krakoa. Yeah, I'm kind of worried that they're going to do a time thing where they're just going to ignore it all for the. Uh, I, I hope that's not how I it ends. I don't but, think I'd be surprised. Yeah, but I, I, I I'm I'm down for Dead X Men. Cool. Uh, it's Mike. like a follow up to Dark X Men, actually. Oh, is it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Dealing with Madeline again, I believe. Uh, for me, no surprise to anybody, I'm going to Duke number two. Mm. I thought Duke uh, number yeah. one was awesome. I like him going down the Fox Mulder rabbit hole of having seen a Transformer and the government's just denying it. He's mm. going to UFO conventions. Uh, feels, uh, again, like Cobra Commander, a, a very different reinvention. Uh, but, you know, near and dear to my heart for several reasons, particularly the UFO connection. It was just a, it was a cool little thing I didn't expect they added to it that, I, that I'm a fan of. So, uh, again, great writing, great art, different direction. Hungry for more. Duke number two. Love it. And uh, so for me, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to keep it close to home. This is a book made by a local creator named Matthew Adkins. Oh, look at that. It's called Beeswax. How cool. Uh, He brought some and dropped them off at the store last week. Uh, I hate to say I haven't had a chance to read it yet. Just flipping through, looking at the art, it's got kind of maybe a Jonan Vasquez kind of style to it. I was just about to say. Um, As a matter of fact, it looked very milk and cheesy to me there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um... A uh, local guy, a uh, really cool dude. He's been working on this for a while. Uh, th- I want to say maybe Matthew's from Pigeon Forge or Severe. Okay. I'm sorry, Matthew. <laughs> I get this wrong. Yeah. But, uh, incredibly- it's none of your beeswax where he's from. Hey! Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I had that one loaded. Um, <laughs> but, no, it's uh, it looks like it's a great book. Um, he's put a lot of work into it. Like I said, I think I want to say maybe the last year and a half, two years. Uh, and I think he intends this to be a series. So if you're looking to get it on the ground floor – of uh, something maybe that could be like the new hot uh, indie book. Uh, it could be Beeswax. Yeah, nice. and rumors are we may have him in the stores. Yeah, yeah, we're trying to line up a, a good date to have him in to do a store signing. So if you buy a copy uh, now, put it back, and maybe you can get it signed here in a couple weeks. Yeah, it's one of those things, support small businesses. Yes. Also support small Local indie creators. creators. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this has been an eagerly anticipated episode. It has been a pop-filled episode. That's true. I'd like to thank our special guest, Sid, for being here with us. Oh, you know, it's it's just so much fun. The the people I've gotten to meet, Mike and Ryan, and working for Bill and the customers here, it's, uh, it really feels like family. And it, it makes, I don't know how many people get to say this, I look forward to coming to work. And that is a really, really <laughs> rare thing these days. So, and I have a very tolerant wife that allows me to do this. And, um, but the fact that, you know, this is, 
this is how I earn, you know, a good percentage of my living. I come down here and I help you guys and we get to talk about neat fan stuff and we get to predict where the movies are going or what new books are coming out and what's going to happen. It's, it's just a total blast. So thank everybody that comes in and, you know, Chris Thompson and Dennis Wright and, you know, all of our regulars that have just made me feel so at home. I appreciate it. I love you guys very, very much. Oh, Be good to each other. Very nice. yep. And we'll definitely here. have you on again. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh man. Yeah. I look forward to it. I yep. look forward to it. We got to get the wife on. She knows more about yeah. wrestling than I do. So maybe around WrestleMania time. Oh, yeah. right. yes, yes. Yeah. But I think it's time to go ahead and round this episode up. What do you guys think? It's time to send it home. Oh, I'm going to miss you guys already. Oh, no. We're going to see each weeks. other in two weeks unless know, like, Mother Nature has her way. God, I'm storm. <laughs> and uh, Fred Daly. Is awesome. that our next guest? Yeah. That's Return. fantastic. I'm yep. ready. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we're glad to be back. I'm Mike D. I'm Ryan. And I'm Bill. See you in the funny books. Bye. 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 again.